0: Thank you for that warm welcome um but can, can we bless and honor god right now give god your best play. praise hallelujah bless your holy name amen you may take your seats in the presence of our god and even your fellow brothers and sisters um i want to take a few minutes just to have a pastoral moment with you all um, first of all i want to say the welcome has been overwhelming thank you so much um, for the support, the love, and all the welcome homes that I have received. Um, you've made me feel like I've been here for four years already. <laughs> um, and so I'm, I'm feeling at home, and that has a lot to do with the hospitality and love that I have received. Um, I wanna um, shout out our very own Pastor Classy. She is a bad mama jammer. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, you can do that. She deserves it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Um, even though she has resigned, she has not resigned. She has been working diligently to make sure that my transition is smooth um, and make sure that ministry is taking place to those in our community of faith that needs um, ministry at this time, and particularly um, the, the, the Clay family. Um, and I want to take a quick moment. Um, in their absence, we're called to be supporting spiritual strength for them. And I know words were given asking you to support them. Um, but for those of you um, that don't mind touching somebody, will you reach out right now and touch s- someone In unity and support. And it's okay, yeah, you can play. Um, (coughs) I I want you right now to just begin to pray strength. As a family, we want to pray for their family. Prayer still works. And so right now as your prayers are, are being lifted up in the sanctuary... The Spirit is ministering to them right now based upon the prayers that you're lifting in this room. You don't have to be silent with the prayer. Open your mouth and begin to declare and decree in the name of Jesus. Father, you know what's taking place. And Father, even in the midst of this, you are God. And God, we're praying that you would be strength for them, God, even right now in this moment. We're praying, God, that your Spirit will consume their house, God. And that God, the Holy Spirit God, would reach into those hurting places, God, and and heal and minister in the way that they stand in need of, Father, right now in this moment. Father, do what human words can't and touch in ways that human touch cannot touch. For you are God and you're always faithful to your people. It's all of these things we pray now in the blessed name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ and every heart said amen. amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, <laughs> and hallelujah. Um, I want to shout out someone, um, Mother Sanders, if I, if, I, if I remember right, she is the oldest member of the church or at least the oldest one here right now, 97 years old, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> Wave so is Mother Sanders, hallelujah. Amen. Um, I wanted to shout her out because at 97 if you can show up to bless and honor the name of the Lord then nobody else has excuse. I'm going to hit that on rewind real real quick. At 97 if she could get out of her bed put on her Sunday's best and come to the sanctuary to say great is the Lord and all that you be praised then all of us should follow that example. (laughs) Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Um, We thank God for the examples of saints that walk before us um, because their life is a testimony and a witness to us in so, so many ways. Um, So those of you that are at home licking by way of stream, Mother Sanders says, shame on you. (laughs) That's not how you ought to serve the Lord, baby. That's not how you ought to serve the Lord amen amen our music ministry fine arts ministry did a wonderful job i'm on today thank you for your labor of love to us as your spiritual family with all of that said if you will grab your bibles and if you'll turn with me Luke chapter 1, and you've heard the account at least two times, so I won't read it in its entirety, Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 31 is what I want to call your attention to, Um, and because we've been up and down quite a bit, you can remain seated for the reading of the word, Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 31 you find these words you will conceive and give birth to a son you are to call him Jesus verse 38 Mary's response to what the angel has decreed and declared over her is I am the Lord's servant may your words to me, be fulfilled. I want to simply preach, talk, however, the Spirit of God shall lead and guide on today from the simple thought it's time to give birth. If you don't mind, look at somebody and simply tell them it's time, it's time to give birth. Father, we thank you now for the privilege of this moment. We ask that you would consume this moment even the more by the power of your presence. We understand that it's by your word that we live that we move and we have our being. And so move, Father, now. It is in the blessed name of Jesus Christ, we pray, and all of God's people said, "Amen." amen. All right, verse 38 again, it says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your words be fulfilled. At the point of this particular text that I've lifted in your hearing, There are some decrees and some promises that heaven has made, decrees and promises that have not yet been fulfilled, but at the point of this particular text, God is now moving to fulfill every decree that he's made and that he's promised regarding this particular situation. There's some context that I want you to grab about that. God has a plan. And it's important for you to understand that this plan that God has has been revealed at the beginning of time in what we know as the book of Genesis. Genesis 30, Genesis 3, verse 15, for those of you that are taking notes, is there in Genesis that God makes this statement that the woman's offspring will be enemies with you, Satan or serpent, and the woman's son or seed will bruise your head. And so in the very beginning, God has spoken about this plan. But it's important also for you to understand that it's revealed in the beginning in the book of Genesis, but it was orchestrated before time. Because in Revelations, it declares to us that before the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain. Look at somebody, tell them, don't miss that. It was revealed in time in the beginning, but it was orchestrated before time. And at the time of our text, now God is moving to manifest it in time. God is moving because what I revealed in the beginning, what I orchestrated before time, now has to be manifest in time. God has a plan. That's important for you to understand because not only does God have a plan, God has a problem. And I know for some of you, you would think he's all powerful. What problem does God have? God's plan has to be manifest on earth. So the God in heaven who has a plan that needs to be manifest on earth has to have a divine partner. If it's going to be manifest on earth, God cannot break his own law. It's got to be done through a man. So God's got the problem of finding a person that's willing to work with him. It's a problem because from the beginning of time, man's always had this tendency of being stubborn. Wanting to do things his way. Being willing to walk independent of God. And so the God of all creations now is sitting in the balconies of heaven saying, it's time for the plan, but who can I use to manifest the plan? In other words, God's got to find a person that he can birth his plan through. And I want to put it on pause right there before I even get to our text because I need to raise the question if God's looking for a person that he can birth his plan through, are you available? Are you one of those people that he's got to look past because you're stuck on doing your own thing? God's got to overcome this problem of finding the right person, someone with a pure enough heart that they're willing to say, God, I'll allow you to use me. It's right there that we get the premise of the text that I've lifted in your hearing. Because it's here in this particular text when the angel comes and announces to Mary that you're going to conceive and bear a child and his name is to be called Jesus, that Mary is trying to help us to understand through her life journey this, that there is a need for every believer to understand that there are seasons in all of our life that God beckons us to the divine appointed space of spiritual birth. There is no one who names the name of Jesus Christ, that will not have a moment, that will not have seasons where God shouts from the balconies of heaven that I need to do something and I want to do it through you. Her story helps us understand that God calls us to the space of spiritual birth. And I know for somebody, you're, being, you're saying to yourself, what do you mean by spiritual birth? Here it is. It's the personal space and process of bringing God's purpose, presence, and transformative love into the world. That's what we're called to be about. That is what he said that we're supposed to be achieving with this whole call to be active participants of the Great Commission. And so Mary's life is trying to help us to understand that there are moments and seasons in all of our life where God begins to say, I need to call you now to a place where you bring forth my purpose. Put yours to the side. I I need for you to bring forth my person. Put your ego on the shelf. I need for you to bring forth my brand of love because it's the only thing that can transform the world. And it was right here that I asked God, what do you want me to do with this? He said, perhaps, John, it would be good for you to raise this simple question. What does Mary's spiritual birth teach us about accepting and managing Our own personal call to spiritual birth I know we celebrate about Mary but the reality is her life is a model and it's supposed to be teaching us what it means to accept God's call to spiritual birth first thing that a life shows us is right there in verse 27 through 29 Look at it with you, if you will, with me. It says this. It says that there was a virgin who was pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Watch Mary. Mary is greatly troubled by the angel's greeting to her, wondering what kind of greeting this is. And then the angel says to Mary, don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. I don't know if you caught it, but all through those particular verses that I read, it says over and over again that you've been favored And perhaps the first thing that we need to grab from the lesson of her spiritual birth is that anytime God wants to use you, it's a sign that you have been favored. And I know you're looking at me like you didn't really say a whole bunch right there, preacher. But it is because we're in a generation that believes that if God wants to use you, it's a burden. If you knock on somebody's door, say, can you do this for God? If you pick up the phone and say, God wants to use you to do this, now they have the attitude of thinking, why are you trying to burden my life? I don't want the hardship of working and serving the Lord. But Mary's story is teaching us that any time God uses you and chooses you, it is a sign that you've been Favored. If you don't mind, just help me preach a little bit, touch somebody, tell them stop complaining about it, and recognize you've been favored. She's been favored. Angel says you're highly favored. And whenever God begins to choose you and select you to give birth to some things in his name and for his glory. One of the things the enemy will always do is try to move upon you with the spirit of fear. She becomes afraid. But watch what the angel does. He utters the word of favor over her life again so that he can combat her fear. That's for another crowd of people that I'm dealing with because some people's issue isn't that they don't want to be burdened by assignment, some people's issue is really that I'm just afraid that I can't do what God wants me to do. I'm afraid, but you need to understand that God always knows best, and even though you have a low opinion of your ability, God already knows what he's put on the inside of you, and he's waiting on you to say yes so that you can discover the more that he's waiting to bring forth. You've been favored, Mary. One of the first things that Mary comes to understand as a result of being called to this spiritual birthing moment is that this is a statement of God's favor on my life. Here's the next thing from from the account. Too much stuff to go through everything. But but here's the second thing that I want you to grab. Watch it in verse 32. It's amazing because once the angel has told her that you ought to conceive and give birth to a son and call him Jesus. Watch 32. It says you he will be great. All right, watch it. God needs to birth something through you because it's time for it. And what God is going to birth through you is going to be. And so perhaps what it's trying to teach us is that if I will accept God's call to spiritual birth, God will birth the greatness through my life that I've always been yearning for. There's so many people in the world that desire to be great but have been on the wrong path with the right desire. And there's moments that God steps into our world and says, If you'll just yield your life to me, I'll birth through you great. If you'll just say yes to me, I'll birth through you great. And Mary's testimony to us on today is that when God showed up and wanted to give birth through me, he also gave me the promise that this is going to be great. And I don't know if anybody feels this move of the spirit in here on today, but you need to just release that in the atmosphere. What God is getting ready to do is going to be great because a great God does great works and has great manifestations. He declares, Mary, it's gonna be great. And if you allow me to put it on pause right quick and just borrow from Mary's story, PGC, what God is about to give birth to, it's going to be great. Uh, You need to to just rest in that right now. That God makes no mistakes. And that God knows how to align things in his own timing. And when God aligns things for his own purpose, it always ends up great. Hmm. All right, here's the last thing um, that that, that I I wanna share with you. Um, I'm already done. That should increase my popularity. (laughs) Hallelujah. But he's he's told her, first of all, that, that this call to give spiritual birth is a sign of my favor on your life. And this call to spiritual birth, I guarantee you it is going to produce Greatness, And just in case you missed it, the greatness is in the fact that you will bring forth God's purpose, his person, and his transformative love within the world. But then Mary teaches us this final thing, this critical that we get. She teaches us that spiritual birth requires clarity regarding your proper kingdom identity. That if you're going to be someone that God can use to give birth to his purpose, to to his desire, to his design, you got to know who you are as a kingdom citizen. And I know right here someone would take that path, the people been talking about me, but I know who I am. That ain't what Mary's talking about. No, Mary says at the end of this pericope, may it be unto me as you have spoken. Okay, I left out a part of what Mary says. Mary puts it this way, I am the servant of the Lord. May it be unto me as you have spoken. Catch the lesson that Mary's given. Um, I'm shocked that God would choose me. I don't even really know how this is going to take place because this is beyond me. But I'm your servant. So that we can all be on the same page, servant there has to do with a bondservant. And a bondservant is someone who belongs to another. A bondservant is someone without ownership rights of their own. So notice what Mary is declaring. She's declaring, I'm not my own. My life is yours. And this was before the shed blood of Jesus Christ. So if Mary had enough sense before the shed blood of Jesus on Calvary to say, I'm your servant, then how much more should we as the people of God that have the revelation of the shed blood of Jesus on Calvary be able to say, I'm your servant, Lord. Whatever you want to do with me and however you want to move through my life, I'm open, God. I'm yours. She declares, I'm your servant. Here's the unique question that we've got to wrestle with. Are you really his servant? Or are you just claiming it? So when you're in a tight You can call on him. Mary's life is teaching us through this narrative that in order for us to give birth to the spiritual thing that God wants to do in our individual life and our corporate life, that we have to know first and foremost that we are servants of the Lord. And I'm afraid of this new generation because there was a generation that understood that being a part of the church meant serving the church so that God could be glorified, but now we're in a generation where people go to church to be entertained. It's just another program that I go to so that I can hear the songs that I wanna sing and be a part of the spiritual activities that I want to be a part of, but it has never manifest into true submission. So no matter where I go across the country and I preach, I'm always saying to the senior saint, you can't give up on us now because we still need your testimony and your witness about what it means to be a servant in the army of the Lord. We need you walking by young people and telling them that in my generation we sacrificed for the Lord because we understood what it meant to be a servant of the Lord. And we're glad that you're coming, but you've got to deepen your sense of servitude. She gives us a revelation that she understands. She has clarity that her identity is in right alignment. No wonder God has favored her. He's favored her because as he looked from the balconies of heaven and he's panned the forest of humanity, he's found one that ain't stuck on self. He's found one who understands that I am the great I am. I am the author and the finisher of life. And when I call to her, she will respond, I am your servant Woo. and here's where I want to leave you at I want to leave you right here is there anybody that will respond on today I am your servant There are things and plans that I have for my own life, God, that I made that I never took into, I took you into consideration. I never asked you about them, and so, God, I'm acknowledging on today that I am your servant. You can restructure my life how you need to restructure it. You can move things out of the way if you need to move it out of the way because, Father, I'm serious about the business of being your servant serve it and I felt it get real tough right there because we think that to serve him I can do it my way but servants don't have ownership right it is a free Surrender and yielding of ourselves to the sovereign. It was you, God, that breathed that breath of life in the very beginning that kept on breathing, that gives me breath right now. And so, God, because you've given me the breath I breathe, I'll give back to you the life you've given me. I'm your servant. And this message right now on today is really a call back to submission and commitment to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Because that's uniquely what her life is teaching us. In order for God to do any great thing through you, whether it is in the church, whether it is in your home, whether it's on your job, whether it's in your community, in order for God to produce the great that he wants to produce, you got to be submitted. Anything else will be a hybrid. It'll be some dysfunctional crossbreed of what God wants to do, but what you interfered with. And it'll come out deformed. But on today, God says to us, I'm giving you an opportunity through the preached word, through the angel that I put before you to acknowledge that I didn't just move in Mary's life that way, but I want to move in your life that way also, that I didn't just call Mary to spiritual birth, I'm calling each of you to spiritual birth, and the question that remains is, will you say, yes, Lord, I'm your servant, I'll let you birth Jesus through me, did you catch that? Because that is what being a disciple is all about. Being a disciple doesn't mean I'm a church member. It means I'm a follower of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And his ways become my way. I'm going to allow you, Lord, to birth Jesus through me. Because he is the path to great. While the world pushes before you, Michael Jordan... Colby, Steph Curry for for, for Pastor Classy, and and LeBron James and all of these different people know the real path to great is Jesus. If you'll just simply say to the Lord, yes, I'm your servant, you'll be amazed at what he does through you. If you don't mind looking at somebody tell them it's time to give birth. One more person, it's time to give birth. Right there with those hands lifted in the presence of God. Father, it's my sincere prayer that each heart and ear that has heard this word on today would receive it in the way that the Spirit intends it to be received. Give them spiritual understanding mentally so that they will begin to understand what you're calling them to adjust as faithful servants unto you. Now, Father, we follow in the steps of Mary and we say, yes, we are your servants. May it be unto us as you have decreed. It is all of these things we pray now in the blessed name of Jesus Christ and all of God's children said, hallelujah and amen. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God if you have a prayer request or prayer report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-cary.org. Thank you again.